You're listening to the Belmont Skates Islanders Podcast. Now, here's your host, Craig Dixon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Belmont Skates Islanders Podcast. Craig Dixon here. I'd like to thank my friend Fred Robinson for giving me that sweet new, well, I guess basic intro, but I appreciate it, Fred. Thanks for that. Um, God, I, I I haven't recorded an episode of uh, Belmont Skates in a few weeks now, and I feel like a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, I kind of had a little bit of a busy schedule, and I just didn't have enough time to record at any point. I've been going to a lot of games, too, so it's been hard to like find time to you know, get home from these games and then just, you know, be able to rec- sit down, record my thoughts and, you know, get through the uh, preparation of uh, actually putting together a podcast and then publishing it. So you can blame your lazy host on that one. Um, I left off with you guys at the trade deadline. That was two weeks ago. Uh, I mean, I, I, that feels like a month ago, but it, here we are two weeks later. Um, Islanders did ultimately stay stand pat at the deadline. You guys already know that. I don't need to recap it. Um, I could give you my thoughts on it. I don't really agree. I didn't really agree with the move. Um, and the Islanders play since the trade deadline, um, kind of is, I want to say verifying my, my, my cautious, uh, ideas about doing that. But, um, you know, the Islanders are coming off a win now. So maybe, maybe I was wrong. Um, I would have liked to see them maybe go for something, I mean, I, I, rather than nothing, something, um, or at least inject some more youth into the lineup. But we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, I have a lot of stuff to carry. So uh, in the eight games since uh, the last I spoke to you, the Islanders have gone 4-4-0. Four, four, and oh, uh, So that would be three regulation wins and one shootout win. Um, so they're basically 500 teams since the trade deadline. Uh, they have slipped out of first place. They are currently in second place in the Metro Division. Um, they have a chance to regain first place depending on the results of uh, tonight's uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Washington Capitals game. Um, so Islanders are off tonight, so obviously they can't tie it tonight. But if the Capitals were to lose, Islanders have a chance of catching them on their own without needing any more help. So uh, right now, Penguins up three three to two in the third. So I'll I'll check back in on that later. Uh, yeah. So. Um, that stretch, the first four games, the Islanders lost three of their of their of those first four games, and then have won three of their last four. So they basically played five, as I said, played five hundred hockey. Um, and for a good stretch of, of these games, they have not looked very well. Um, uh, it's it's very easy to say that. Um, it could be a number of things. Is is the team regressing to the mean? Are, are they are they done playing over their heads? Were they playing over their heads, or are they just going through what every team goes through, where they struggle, can't seem to put any good shifts together, can't seem to score? Goaltending uh, has been a little more iffier than it has been all season, so it's kind of hard to tell. Um, rather than break down each and every game and go into every detail about every goal of every game. Um, obviously it's been two weeks. There's no reason to recap too much of it, uh, other than just, uh, some quick thoughts. Uh, so I'm going to do something cool. I'm going to do highlights and lowlights, uh, I, for lack of a better, uh, name. So, uh, obviously let's talk about the highlights of the last two weeks. Obviously the biggest highlight of the last two weeks was the return of John Tavares to the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, uh, in a raucous Nassau Coliseum Boy, what a what an atmosphere that was! I was there that night uh, with my friend Tim. It was uh, off the roof, uh, off the rails, 
blew off the roof, I should say. It was unbelievable. Um, I mean, how many different variations of chants did uh, we get? I mean, it was it was truly remarkable. Uh, the Islanders fan base really kind of – I feel like the Islanders fan base should have gotten at least third star of the game in that. Um, but I, regardless of that, the, the, the game itself was, of course, a – exhilarating win uh islanders fell behind one nothing um you could kind of sense a little bit of tenseness in that game um and then just from that point on the islanders just erupted for six goals uh one six to one john Tavares was not a factor at all in this game much to the delight of the uh nassau faithful uh it was a great atmosphere um i i mean i've been to a ton of regular season games over the course of my life a bunch of playoff games as well I, I and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill, but here, but this was, you know, in my at least in my lifetime, the most enjoyable regular season game and the most fun I've ever had at a regular season hockey game in my entire life. Um, I've been to home openers where the place was cra- crazy. I was at that uh, Penguins Islanders brawl back in 2011, I believe that was. Um, I've been to some other crazy come from behind wins that, you know, overtime wins, bunch of games, playoff clinchers. And this one, this one topped them all as far as regular season goes. It's hard to say any regular season game is ever more important than a, uh, playoff game, but boy, whoo, is that fun? Uh, now, you know, of course the Canadian media in their true Canadian bias, of course, decided to take this opportunity to shit all over the Islanders fan base. You know what I say? You know, like, let them have their opinions. Fuck them. Who gives a shit? I don't. I know I, I, I for one, could not give a shit what they think. I mean, they're, they're booing their own team less than 24 hours ago, um, but yet they're the barometer of what a good fan base is and what a, I mean, they were throwing jerseys on the ice less, uh, what, six years ago, something like that? Uh, can we, let's not give them so much credence and, and so much, uh, high praise for their hockey insight, um, for literally responding to every negative thing they say about us. For once, as an, as an Islander fan base, I think it's time for us to just move on, not talk to these people, uh, ignore what they think, because guess what? It's us versus them. It's always going to be us versus them. And it's not just them, not Toronto, not just Canadian teams. It's us versus the world. Uh, nobody respects the Islanders. And who? you know what? Who really cares? Who really cares? Islanders are a good team. They're sitting in a second place in their division uh, in a year that nobody expected them to be here. So who gives a shit what anybody else thinks? Um, so, yeah, obviously that was a big one. Obviously the crowd was hot as hell. Um, the game was just over from the second the Islanders took the lead. There was a reviewed goal, uh, Toronto scored, but it was offside. So that was pretty much the end of Toronto in that game. You could tell that Johnny was really upset about it. Um, I, I don't think I've ever actually seen that much emotion from him. You could tell he just didn't want to do the interview after the game. Uh, he was just kind of like, oh, you know, you know, I, 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 you know, I, like, people don't have to like me, I, uh, you know, like I've never heard him speak that fast. John's a very slow and deliberate guy. Um, you know, not much. Not big on the personality scale, but that was the most I've ever seen from him. You could tell it was, it, it definitely got to him a little bit. Um, you know, it's funny. I When I was going to that game, I was anticipating, and me and my friend were saying the same thing. Like, uh, I'm going to boo him the whole game, yes. But if they show a video tribute, I'll clap for it. But then in the heat of the moment, the game starts, and then you're just – you want blood. Uh, you're, you just get into it. You're just – 
you, you just you just want to be part of the the crazy environment and you just that went all out the window N- neither me or my friend did i actually turned around at one point because i saw a few people on twitter suggested that but uh tim t- tim my friend told me to turn around and just boo him i'm like okay no problem uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was it was almost like a wrestling show. Uh, anybody who's ever watched uh, like uh, an indie wrestling show, like with the amount of chance in that game, uh, it was it was unbelievable. It's like a good old ECW show from uh, the bingo halls, if you will. All right, moving on. Now, this is obviously old news, um, but other highlights. Uh, obviously, a big two nothing win last night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Thomas Grice with a thirty plus save shutout. Uh, this game had its ups and downs. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to act like everything's fixed with the Islanders. They've had their scoring issues, especially over the last eight games. Um, but the, the, the idea that, you know, they're back to playing their game, which is what I've seen a lot on Twitter, especially from, uh, trot, uh, one of the quotes from trots, uh, mentioned, but, uh, you know, he did also, you know, add a caveat to saying that the uh, second period was not really their best period. And yeah, that that's kind of what I was gonna say. Was when I was reading this, I'm like, whoa, 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 are you sure? Are you sure you want to say this, Barry? This is your game. Uh, so the Islanders um, did have some moments where they looked really good. Uh, I will say that they looked like they controlled play. They were, you know, preventing uh, Columbus to make uh, make clearing attempts. Um, had a few opportunities when they um, were able to get uh, Columbus hemmed in their own zone. But again, the the other way the other way around also happened as well. There was a at least four or five times, um, I want to say at least most of them in the second period, where the Islanders just couldn't clear the puck. Every pass was just off. Uh, it, it happens. Thankfully, uh, Thomas Grice has filled the void of the injured uh, Robin Leonard. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Um, so that was that was a big, big game. Then this is the – I mean, you know, it, it is true. The, this year's Islanders team has not been built on offense. It's been – from goaltending and defense. Um, so yes, the, the defense could have been a little better in this game. In this game, could have helped uh, maybe limit those shots another five to you know give Grice a little bit of a breather. But Grice, you know, in true this this New York Islanders season, kept the Islanders in this game, and he was by far the best player on the team. Uh, I thought Brock Nelson had a really great game last night. He had a few really nifty deeks that he wasn't able to convert on. Um, the goals came from Ryan Pulak with an absolute blast, and that was bas- that was the game winner early in the first period and the uh, empty netter from Lee to, to seal the deal for for uh, the good guys. So that was uh, it was an exciting game. Coliseum was not sold out. Uh, it was a pretty small crowd for you know 2019 Nassau Coliseum, but uh, you know. In what they lack in uh, attendance, they sure as hell made up in, uh, you know, excitement and uh, at least the fun factor because the crowd was really into it. And you can just listen. If you weren't in the building, you can just hear it on the television that the place was raucous when uh, Lee scored that empty netter to seal the deal. Um, so um, I don't really want to call this one a highlight. So obviously those are two of the wins. There were two other wins during the week, uh, during the eight. Uh, two-week span that I haven't recorded. Um, the other two wins came on back-to-back games, a home-and-home home with uh, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, th- th- these two games were downright ugly, but, I mean, when you're playing a team like the Ottawa Senators who are having an unbelievably difficult season, uh, worst team in the league, don't even have their own first-round pick, which is just, you know, a kick in the balls, this is a team that absolutely you have to beat. If you have any intention of going anywhere in the playoffs, you have to beat this team. Absolutely. No doubt about it in my mind. So 
the fact that they got four out of four points is good. Uh, less than ideal that one of those was in a shootout, especially in a game that they had a 4-2 lead uh, at the Coliseum, so a home game that you let slip away. Uh, the the second game was a little better still. They still seem to be outplayed a little bit at times, uh, but they got the win in both games. So, you know, you take what you could get. The Islanders won a rare shootout game, and they scored their only two shots, and saved and Grice saved their only two shots against so that was impressive uh so yeah I mean that that was that was interesting uh I I, I gotta say I mean you gotta get the job done yeah sure maybe some teams let up when they know they've got an inferior opponent but boy you want to see the Islanders come out a lot stronger in efforts against the Ottawa Senators uh especially in these two games but they got the win ugly wins I'll take them though uh, you would have liked the regulation or overtime win in the first one, but you'll take the two points uh, over an overtime loss, that's for sure. Uh, so what else we got? So now we got a couple lowlights in the last couple weeks. Um, the two ugly performances against Philadelphia, one this past weekend, one the previous weekend. Boy, those were two absolute turds the Islanders let, left on the ice. Uh, a good old quote-unquote Dougie blowout, if you will. Uh, I, there's nothing to say about either of these games. The Islanders did not play well. Um, I thought they played okay a little, at least a little bit in the first game, um, but you know they just had no puck luck. Not, puck just didn't seem to go in for them, um, and you know every, it seemed like every scoring opportunity Philadelphia got they scored on. And this past game, this past weekend, again same scenario, couldn't do anything. Islanders just got destroyed by them, and the game was over. Both games were ju- it just fell over by the time you know. Uh, halfway through the game, there was no, n- nothing. I left the first game early, uh, and the second game I also left early. Um, you know, I I don't, I don't want to be one of those fans who leave early for games, but you know, I have a kid at home, and if the Islanders are going to shit the bed while I'm there, I'm not going to stay. Why would I? Why would I spend time with my family and be happy? Um, but you know, so you'd like to see the Islanders come out better against a team like that. Uh, the Flyers are a good team. They're definitely playing a lot better under former head coach uh, Scott Gordon. You'd like to see the Islanders maybe be the kind of team that puts like ends another team's playoff hopes, but rather than do that, they kind of gave them more hope. The Flyers are still hanging in it in the Eastern Conference uh, wild card race, possibly uh, in the Metro top three. The it seems very unlikely at this point. Um, so yeah, that was uh, those were two frustrating losses. Another low light, uh, low, low light, uh, another low light was a. Uh, uh, a second loss to the Calgary Flames in less than a, in the last couple weeks. Uh, this game wasn't, you know, the worst game, uh, worst played game the Islanders have had um, in this stretch. Um, I felt like they could have won this game. It wasn't really like like the Island. Oh, the Islanders got screwed and they didn't deserve the win. But it's one of those games that sometimes a good team can just, you know, get away with a win. Um, but you know, it just it just didn't seem that it it just was wasn't in the cards for them that day. Um, you know, not their worst loss and not even their worst game. I honestly thought they played worse against the Senators. Um, but, you know, you take what you can get. You can't win every game. Uh, Calgary's a real tough team. Um, you know, that, that that's a team that might surprise people and go to the Stanley Cup Finals this year on the Western Conference side. So we'll see. Um, and the other one, I, I put this one in quotes, a low-light game, was um, 3-1 loss to the Washington Capitals. Um, you know, it, it, it sucked because it's a big division ri- uh, rivalry. The Islanders and Washington are fighting each other for first place in the Metro. It seems like it's still going to be a dogfight till the very end. And, you know, the Islanders, 
you know, took an early lead and they held it for two periods. And it seemed like maybe they were just going to be able to get, you know, get by on just good goaltending. Um, unfortunately, you know, their luck ran out. Um, Washington scored three in the third period. Uh, it was capped off by, a, unfortunately, a Josh Bailey uh, dump into his own net on <laughs> an empty net. Type. But, you know, it happens. Um, you know, I, I, you hate to see it happen to a guy like Josh Bailey because the fans just are j- relentless to him for some reason. One guy who actually committed to being an Islander for basically his entire career is somehow the measuring stick of islanders angst and anxiety i i don't i still don't understand it to this day this guy's a loyal islander give the guy a break he made a mistake i've i've seen john Tavares make thousands of mistakes and he was way more beloved on the island during his time as a new york islander so again not the worst game in the world you know that's a game you could kind of hope that they win but you know it's not really the end of the world they lost it, it would have been a big win beating a metro foe like that but that's what happens so that's pretty much the game recaps of everything that's happened in the last uh two weeks uh so as i said four 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 and four record um you know with three regulation wins so you take what you can get when you're struggling if you can still play 500 hockey and get half of the possible points in the games i think you take it i think you take it uh what else i got boy um yeah so i mean I mean, I, considering I'm talking in the last two weeks uh, segment of games, I, I might as well talk about you know everything that's going on with this team because really the the biggest thing, and besides a lack of maybe a, like a little bit of regression in the goaltending aspect of the team, the the team just isn't scoring. I mean, I got the stats here. Uh, I had it. I had it open. Um, so bear with me while I flip a few pages. Yes, I printed them. I'm I'm old school like that. In their last eight games, you are not gonna believe who is the who is leading the team in points. You literally won't believe it. You won't believe it, and you won't even think you. It's not even somebody you think of. It's not even an under under the radar guy you think of. It's a guy who everybody seems to kind of have a problem with lately. And Nick Letty, Nick Letty is tied with Valtteri Filppula in points in the last game. Both have five points. It's hard to believe Nick Letty has two goals and three assists in his last eight games, which is very good for a defenseman. But wow, I like when I when I pulled this up, I was like, really, Letty? And I know one of them was a garbage goal late in the game against uh, was it Philadelphia, I believe. I don't know, but you know, I, you just look at the look at these stats on this page. I mean, Matt Barzell, no goals in his last five, eight games, four assists and a minus one. Josh Bailey, four points, minus six. I mean, I know plus minus is kind of an antiquated uh, stat these days, but it is an indication of who's on the ice when the team is not doing well, and the team hasn't been playing that well lately. Josh Bailey is uh, tied for the worst plus minus in the last eight games with Johnny Boychuk at minus six each. Uh, Ryan Pulak, um, again, his three points are good for fifth in the last eight games. You know, who's missing from this top of the list? Um, the guys, uh, the big guys, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, uh, you know, Jordan Eberle, Anthony Beauvillier. None of them are, are lighting up the score sheet right now, you know, and we're relying on guys like Valtteri Filpula and, uh, and like Andrew Ladd has three assists in the last eight games. And Casey Zizika is also three assists. I mean, there's a ton of guys who have three assists in the last uh, three, sorry, three points in the last eight games. But you need more production, especially out of your top two lines. Um, now the other thing is, you know, as as much as I want to say I hate this, but the last eight games was not 
very kind to the goaltending as well. And, you know, this is including a clunker from Thomas Grice um, against Philadelphia. But the goaltending has, you know, regressed to the mean a little bit. Um, Gibson played, you know, garbage minutes in in a mop-up game. Uh, But Grice, somehow, despite having that awful game against Philadelphia in his last eight games, he has two wins, two losses, and a 9.21 safe percentage. Um, You know, and the timing honestly couldn't have been better for him to maybe get this, um, get his good play started again. I know a lot of it is, you know, is indicative of his uh, 30 save shutout last night, but, you know, stats stats don't lie. Um, Thomas Grice was not playing... I'm sorry, Tarman. Uh, Robin Leonard wasn't playing that great. Uh, not not necessarily that his fault. The team is just bleeding shots against at this point. But you know, early in the season he was bailing him out. You know, he had an 890 save percentage um, in the last in, in the last stretch of eight games. You know, before he got injured. You know, and talking about that injury, um, boy, that's a that's a tough blow for the Islanders. They had uh, Leonard and Grice kind of split in the crease all year. Uh, they they seem to be kind of like have this good rhythm of knowing when one guy needed a rest and the other guy would pick up the slack or one guy was struggling and, and vice versa. Um, Grice carried the load early in the season. Leonard carried it for the bulk of the season um, through maybe the second and third uh, quarter of the season. And, you know, now we got to rely on Grice to, as the playoff push continues. Um, there's no update on Robin Leonard to this day. I know he did some on-ice drills, but he's still not skating with the team. That's kind of uh, like a little bit of a red flag for me. Um, I'm hoping we get to see maybe he starts taking the ice in the next couple weeks. I don't know. But it's very concerning that, you know, we potentially might not have him for the first round of the playoffs. I mean, you're going to blink, guys, and it's going to be the playoffs in a few weeks. It's there's only like 13 games left. So it's very important to get both goaltenders healthy because we know how Thomas Grice can be hot and cold right now. He looks like he's got his game under him. Um, he was great last night against Columbus. But, you know, it's something to be concerned about. Maybe we'll get some kind of update tomorrow. Um, I also had some issues. I just want to talk about this briefly, about what happened over the over the break. So, obviously, the Islanders didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. And a lot of things that people were saying is that they were just going to treat Thomas Hickey and Andrew Ladd as, um, as like, trade acquisitions, both coming off long-term injury reserve. So... That's fine. I, I'm all for it. Like I, you know, as much as I've had a problem with Andrew Ladd over the last two years, he's he's gonna be on this team for a while. Um, I don't see how the Islanders could get out of this contract via trade or some kind of buyout scenario. They just they have too many years left on it. Um, so their best course with Andrew Ladd is to get the guy in the games and see what you got in him. See see what options you have for future years. I mean. If this guy is not going to be a contributor, then you know you gotta you gotta pull a Wade Redden and send him to the minors in a year or two. I don't know, something to think about. But um, I was just annoyed though that they were using it. I mean, we had all these injuries in the last couple weeks. We had um, Clutterbook missed three games. Sezikis left a game early, but he ended up staying. He didn't miss a game. Martin missed four games, and you know you got you got Andrew Ladd coming off of injured reserve. And you're playing Thomas Kunakel, and like I get it. Some people like Kunakel. I am not one of them. I like, and I don't want to be bad. I don't want to be bashing the dude. He's like a, he's got a role in the NHL. I feel like the Islanders have too many players similar to his his skill set. Um, but Kunakel should have been one of the guys replacing the fourth line guys who were hurt. Every single guy on the fourth line got hurt within the last two weeks. Um, 
like, why wasn't, why wasn't Kunakal the guy replacing one of them? Rather than putting Kunakal on the third line and sitting Andrew Ladd, like, I'm sorry, you can't play two fourth lines. You gotta, Phil Pula cannot play with guys like, I, he can play with Komarov, that's fine, one, you got one of them, but you can't throw in a Kunakal in there because that line just becomes useless at that point. I'm, I'm sorry, I, like, I feel like I'm ripping on Kunakal. I, I kind of give him a hard time on Twitter a lot. I just, I, I just don't understand why the Islanders do this. I don't get it. I, I, I don't know what they see in him. He scored a cool goal against uh, Washington, or yeah, Washington, um, which was cool man. But you know, aside from that, what has he done? He hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. And you got Andrew Ladd. You have him for many, You have him for several more seasons on a contract. See what you got in him. You got I understand holding him out for a few games when he's coming back because you know he's been out for a long time. You got to get to ease him in. But like when you're sitting him for for Kunakel, I, 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 that I don't understand. I, I'm all for sitting him and rotating him in with Michael Dalcol because I think Michael Dalcol has a nice role on this team. But you know, it, you cycle those two out on the third line. Don't make Kunakal a third-line guy because he's not a third-line guy. Kunakal should be there for the exact reason that the fourth line, it, like the style of play they have, they're gonna get hurt. They they play a they play a banging style. They just they're hitting guys into the boards all the time. They're gonna get hurt. Uh, to me, it, it makes no sense to play Kunakal other than as an extra forward for the fourth line, possibly the third line if the fourth line is all healthy. But they weren't. Anyway, sorry, that was my little Kunakal rant. Um, and Johnston played as well in that span, too. So, you know, it's not just Kunakl. It was that Johnston and Kunakl played over Ladd in some of those games. And again, I'm not a big Ladd guy either, but you've got a lot of years left invested in this guy. you got to see what the guy's got. You want this guy to be prepared for the playoffs? Then get him in the lineup. Uh, the other thing is Hickey. I mean, I don't understand this one at all, right? So for the first seven games, Hickey played one game of this stretch played one game since being activated at the trade deadline what are they doing he played one game and you don't you can't tell me that you can't find a spot for thomas hickey when you've got guys like nick letty struggling you've got guys like johnny boychuk who clearly could always use a break i mean the guy gets hurt every year and guess what he's hurt again um and that's the only reason that hickey came back into the lineup this past uh monday so you you can't tell me that Hickey is not is couldn't get worked in the more games there. You you're saying you're telling us that you're gonna work that you're gonna use Lad and you're gonna use Hickey as as trade line acquisitions. And I'm all for you know getting getting their feet wet slowly. But once they're in there, I mean they played Lad a little bit more. But Hickey, I mean one game in the first seven. What was what was that about? You don't think Pellet could use a break? Uh, you don't like even even Devin Tays could probably play a. a take a break here and there i mean you don't want to see it but you know Taves is struggling at times as well um anyway sorry then you know if you want to count on these guys for the playoffs and you want to at least be invested i mean they're both under long-term contracts so you got to get you got to work them in the lineup more um i have some other things left in too uh obviously the the big thing right now is uh at least for the isles twitter right now is the the lack of um, scoring from Matt Barzell, and uh, you know, I, I, it's hard to get on a guy who's so young and he's in his second second full NHL season and uh, just won Rookie of the Year last year. He's by far the Islanders' most talented player, lone re- representative at the All Star game. But I mean, he is 
really struggling right now. He's got, what, three goals since the All-Star break? That, that's not going to cut it. The Islanders need to rely on this guy. And, you know, I, and I see this, and, like, the only thing I can think of is John Tavares, every, the first eight seasons on the Islanders when he was the only star on the team. I mean, sure, there were other good players like Kyle Postos, Mark Streitz in the first couple of years, uh, you know, Franz Nielsen's and, and the whatnots, but John Tavares was the star of the team. There was no other star of those teams. And I'm kind of getting that feeling from Barzell, too, because he's got this, like, he, you know, he's kind of like, I, I'm afraid that he's putting the burden of the team struggling on his own shoulders, which is what JT did all the time. And, you know, we would go through those stretches where JT would just disappear for long stretches of time. I, and and, and it, pretty much the same thing is happening in the mat right now. Um, I, I You could argue that, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's just sophomore slump but to me it was he had he had some horrible line mates especially in this last stretch of games i mean until this past monday this past game ugh, sorry this past game against the columbus blue jackets he was playing with like josh bailey who's not scoring he's playing with michael dal cole who's got what th- three points in his nhl career uh he's playing with uh kunakel for a little bit uh, i you know like Again, Kunakel. I gotta gotta take my dig at Kunakel, but like, it. I don't know what it took them so long to try. Hey, maybe we should start giving Matt Barzell some talented line mates. He's not John Tavares. He's not gonna create scoring chances on his own and and bury the puck. Sure, he can create scoring chances by, you know, outworking his opponent and setting up this great pass by basically playing keep away for like a minute. Seems like, but the dude needs finishers on his line, and Kunakel is not gonna cut it. I, Michael Dalcole is a very good player. He, I feel like he has a future role on his team, but he's not a goal scorer. Maybe not yet. Maybe in a couple of years, sure. And Josh Bailey is not, you know, playing at his at his best level right now. Bailey's been struggling as well. So, like, why did it take this long to put him back with Jordan Eberle, who he has had his most success with at the NHL level? Why did it take so long to try Anders Lee on his line? Why did this take so long? I understand the Brock Nelson line was working for a period of time, but guess what? That line cooled off too. This should have happened a while ago. This should have happened a while ago. I'm happy they're finally at it now. Um, I feel like Brock can. Brock is starting to become one of those guys who kind of can gel with any player, kind of like a Franz Nielsen, but with a little bit more offensive-minded uh, uh, game plan, uh, gameplay, um, but maybe a little less defensively, but still not bad. Um, so it, I think this is I think this is the best move right now. I think it's going to take some time for uh, Lee, uh, Barzil, and Everly to kind of get their um, their mojo back. It might it might take a couple games. Um, I just hope I don't see that line blender out there on Thursday. You know you know how uh, Cappy used to do that all the time. So hopefully Trotz has a little bit more leeway with Barzell maybe playing with some skilled line mates. Maybe we can just let him do it and let him figure it out. Um, anyway, uh, so. That's pretty much all the recent news with the Islanders. Um, obviously, the the game uh, I'm just watching now. Uh, so Pittsburgh just it looks like they just scored an empty netter and and capped off this game. So Washington has now lost. So that leaves us in the playoff hunt. Uh, so we are still two points behind the Washington Capitals, but we now have a game in hand. So as long as we win our game in hand. We can go ahead and 
we're basically in a virtual tie for them. And of course, we still have one more matchup with Washington. So we kind of control our own destiny for first place at this point, as long as we keep pace with every team in the league, uh, in the division. Uh, Islanders are two, in second place in the division, 69 games played, 87 points. Washington just finished their 70th game, 89 points. Uh, Carolina, at, I'm sorry, third place is now Pittsburgh uh, with 85 points. So they're only two points back of the Islanders, but the Islanders have a game in hand. Carolina is now dropped down to the fourth spot in the division. They are 69 games, 83 points. Columbus right behind them, 69 games, 79 points. Uh, and Philadelphia is still hanging in there as well. It's 69 games, 76 points. Uh, Columbus is also playing tonight as well. I do not know the score of that one. It is Columbus 1. So Columbus is now up to, sorry, 70 points and 81 points. So they're right behind uh, Carolina now. So, the, the, again, there's a reason I bring this up is because I feel like this is something that, you know, we should pay attention to as the season goes along. Um, I'm happy that tonight's game did not go uh, between Washington and uh, and Pittsburgh, did not go to a uh, shootout or overtime because that would have been a three-point game in both. We don't need both teams getting points. It, I was honestly happy with either result. Um, obviously, you know, the Islanders now have a chance of going back for first on their own without relying on anybody else besides themselves, but we'll see. Uh, so, you know, the, obviously the playoff race is tight. Every team in the Metro seems like they're still in it. Uh, so I kind of wanted to go over the t playoff tie-breaking procedures. Uh, I'm sure most of you already know what they are. But, uh, you know, if you end up this, in the season, you end up tied with the, with the same amount of points with a team in your division, especially if you're going for a playoff spot. Um, this is how they usually take it down. So first tiebreaker is regulation or overtime wins. Second one is head-to-head matchup points. And third is goal differential. So let's talk about the goal differential first, right? No. Let's, let's go back to regulation overtime wins. Um, you know, Obviously, this all doesn't matter. You, if you finish with the most points, none of these matter. But I, I mean, I, I can't see a scenario where two teams in this division are going to end up with the same amount of points. So if the Islanders happen to be one of those teams, you know, they have some things they need to focus on. Obviously, first, first and foremost, points, 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 points. But second of all, let's get those regulation overtime wins. You can't let a game like that game against the Senators, um, you know, you you can't let that happen right now. Um, the Islanders are actually in fifth place now. Um, no, I'm, yeah, fifth place in the in the in the division in in regulation overtime wins, which is you know it's a close race, but they're fifth. So should they come tied with all five of these teams, they'll finish fifth of those teams, which is insane to think. So right now in first place is uh, Columbus with thirty what nine points. Second play tied for second is Washington and Carolina with thirty seven points. And fourth place, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm saying this wrong, that Columbus is in first. Uh, Pittsburgh is now in second, sorry, because they just won. So they have 38 points. 37th is Washington and Carolina. with 30. I'm, I'm saying points. These are regulation overtime wins. And Islanders are fifth now. Fifth in the, in the division with 36 regulation overtime wins. That's why you got to make a game when you have a lead against the Ottawa Senators. You can't let that game go to a shootout. Islanders ultimately won the shootout. Sure, the two points were more important than the regulation or overtime win. But 
Islanders need to finish off games like that because if it comes down to a tiebreaker and that first one is it comes down to that the Islanders look like they're they're trailing they're not trailing by much you know it's that's all it takes um I did my math poorly there I'm sorry so it's it, the regulation overtime wins not points sorry I, I i'm thinking ahead of my head-to-head points which will i will talk about in a second so i'm just gonna quickly 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 go through that again columbus is in first in regulation overtimes with 38 washington and carolina are second with 37 also tied with pittsburgh sorry so that's a three-way tie with 37 islanders are still in fifth with 36 so they need to start winning games in regulation and overtime if they're not going to win by points okay all right sorry uh i made that way more confusing than it needed to be the, the stupid games happening tonight throw off my whole my whole sheet here um so other thing a uh, next tiebreaker you know let's say theoretically the islanders can somehow match these things let's say they match the regulation overtime it's gonna come to head-to-head points this is a this is the category where the islanders are gonna do okay um because they do seem to control their destiny in the head-to-head points. The Islanders uh, are 6-0 and against uh, six points to no points against the Blue Jackets this year. There's still a game remaining, but the Islanders already won that series, so they have that tiebreaker. Uh, against Philadelphia, the Islanders are losing four points to two. There is still one game left in that, so they do have a chance to split that one, which means it will go to the next tiebreaker. Uh, Pittsburgh and Islanders both have five points apiece, apiece so that is... Uh, tiebreaker is already tied so the islanders haven't lost any of these matchups yet which is good uh the islanders also won uh six points to three against carolina um they are trailing washington four points to two in head-to-head matchups but there is one game left um so if the islanders were to win that game in regulation also the same goes for the philadelphia game in regulation the islanders would tie those so they tied wash uh, right now they to be continued is Washington series and the and the uh, Philadelphia series. The Islanders have won their series against Columbus, won their series against Carolina, and they split the season series with Pittsburgh. So if you split this uh, in this instant, to me, a tie is just as good as a win. So if the Islanders win their last game against Washington and they win their last game against Philly, a tie is just as good as a win because the next tiebreaker is. Goal differential. So the Islanders are leading the uh, the Metro Division in goal differential, which is why I say a tie is as good as a win in head-to-head points. Islanders are up 30.32. Uh, Pittsburgh's was at plus 27. Uh, Washington was at plus 25. These obviously all have changed with the tonight's results. Carolina still at plus 17. Columbus just jumped up another three because I think they won by three tonight uh, at plus eight now. Uh, and Philadelphia... I have no chance of beating anybody in this uh, stat, and they are minus 16 goal differential. So, you know, obviously the big the big sticking point in this, obviously, get the get as many points. Don't make the tiebreakers come into effect. Um, but right now, the Islanders are trailing in regulation and overtime wins. Um, they have a couple. They have a game in hand on a few teams now. Three teams in their division, so they can theoretically catch up um they could tie pittsburgh with a win on thursday or they could uh tie you know depend it also depends on the results of the other games as well but you know the islanders got to keep winning get those games and over uh, keep winning those games in um regulation or overtime uh and and if you somehow manage to tie those 
tie any of those categories, then you got to win your last game against Washington, eh, Washington, and you got to win your last game against Philadelphia, which seems like a completely impossible task at this point. Um, so yeah, those are those are things to kind of focus on. Obviously, get mo- most points, get those regulation overtime wins, finish off those two series against Washington and Philadelphia, and continue your good pace and the goal differential. Thank God the Islanders have good goaltending this year. They've only had a few blowout losses. I don't see them really losing it. Pittsburgh's really the closest. Again, they didn't win by much tonight, so they had only went up a few. But again, Islanders have a few clunkers here and there. Maybe their goal differential lead slips away. So that's something to keep an eye out. Uh, I've been talking for 40 minutes now. It's time for me to start wrapping this up. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm starting to get more of a flow for the show now, so I hope you guys are enjoying. Please rate and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, um, and podcast.com if you feel so inclined. You can follow us on Twitter at Belmont Skates. You can follow us, uh, you can like our page on Facebook at Belmont Skates. And you can follow my personal account on Twitter at Craig J. Dixon. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Belmont Skates Islanders podcast. I'm your host, Craig Dixon. And let's go Islanders, baby.